0: All right, another episode in the booth today with the Rich Life Projects. And uh, today, look at the list I've got to read out here: Fiji International, New South Wales Country Rep, New South Wales State of Origin Rep, National Rugby League Legend, and good friend Tarek Sims. Welcome, brother. Good on mate. How are you? Very well, mate. Very well. What has been happening? And, and I already know what's been happening because you've been crazy with the move yep. uh, to Melbourne. But uh, what's what's been happening in Tarek's life?
1: Yeah, mate. Look, um, after last year uh, ended. Um I made the decision, well, halfway through the year, um, made the decision to sign with the Melbourne Storm. So, um, made this off season, it's just been uh, moving house, getting the kids into school, uh, setting them up, making sure they're as comfortable as possible in their new yep. surroundings and then, um, you know, also training myself and making sure that I hit the ground running because um, there's a couple of things that petrify me about being here in Melbourne is and uh Craig Bellamy and Craig Bellamy's uh preseasons are one of them.
0: Mate, I tell you and what was the what was the big decision too? Obviously uh leaving the Dragons, as I said before, uh you didn't get uh, offered the contract, but Melbourne was, you know, enticing obviously to get into their system and uh have a have a bit of a look at how real it is. Yeah,
1: look, um, you know, the, a, a couple of things stand out, um, to sort of um to get me down here, the coaching was definitely one of them. Um, you know, you look at their coaching staff that they've got, gotten uh, for how many years they've been together. Um, they don't usually let anyone inside their inner sanctum um, easily. So, to... You know, to learn off those sort of guys that are involved at the club, um, that was definitely one. Um, The cattle that they've got here, um, I think some of their players that they've got are the best in the game and some of the players that they've got coming through are definitely, um, you know, showing signs of being long-term, you know, contributors to the NRL, but also the Melbourne Storm. So um, to sort of rub shoulders with them, um, that that was a major factor in in coming down here. Um, The third one was... um, you know, bettering myself as a a football player. Um, You know, in the spotlight of um, rugby league in in New South Wales, it's so – the scrutiny is so hard and so tight. Um, And literally the day I moved down here, I just felt like everything was – it wasn't all those problems that I'd always always thought about or always had. Um, not that i really had them because I'm pretty crazy <laughs> dude, but th- those pressures of being an NRL player just lifted off my shoulders because down here it's um, – well, I said it to a lady at the shops the other day. I said um, – she asked what I did for a living. I just said, oh, footy. And she said, oh, who do you play for? And I said, oh, the Melbourne Storm." She said, oh, you mean rugby league. Oh, we call footy AFL here." Yeah, game. yeah, so they do down here. I was um, – yeah, just everything – the scrutiny and and, and people recognising and and, um, and wanting things from you—it's um, it doesn't exist down here nah. unless you're you know a die-hard tragic rugby league fan down here. Yeah. Um, you know you you see them those sorts of people when you go to the shops or something like that because they sort of beeline it straight for you because they're not really used to seeing. Footy players roaming or rugby league players roaming around they used just to ordinary a f l people or mm-hmm. um you know the soccer's really big down here, so um you know, just to sort of get out with my girls and go enjoy um some things that I probably wouldn't do and and um you know, t- take my families to sort of uh, outings that I probably wouldn't attend because of, um, you know, some of the-
0: Being harassed. Yeah. Not well, so much harassed, but just always people wanting a bit of your time.
1: Yeah. Look, my daughters are six and eight. Um, beautiful age. And, oh, <laughs> depends how Cra- at Crazy it, but, yeah, age, yeah. but a beautiful age. But um, they really take notice if people um, come into- a family setting, and um, you know, sometimes it can be uh, quite tough, but most of the time, um, you know, our fans, and, and especially my fans, are, are, are really great. They're really um, open to the idea of me just spending quality time with my family. But um, every now and then, you get those crazy ones that want to just jump straight in. You know, I'll be having a, a family lunch, and um, halfway through my lunch, I'll be wanting a, something signed or uh, a photo. Yeah. And, you know, I politely always ask them. Just yeah. can I at least finish my lunch, or or finish what I'm doing first? Then I'll give you all the time that you need.
0: Yeah, yeah, It's a, it's a hard thing because you, when you be, become obviously a star in in a field of sport, and you've got the crazies uh, hunting around for that signature or that photo, yeah. Uh, and especially social media these days, everyone wants a photo with the celeb. You know, and yeah. this is who I'm hanging out with. The yeah. best friends probably never met him before. Yeah. Uh, a bit like me, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but just uh, yeah, it's it's sort of that balance in it. Like you've got a when you got your family, and then but you still got fans. It's sort of like that comes with the the celebrity come fame too. It's it's a hard point.
1: Yeah, I think I've always um, found a really really good um, sort of balance between. Um, I don't know if it's just because of me tats or the way I look or the way that I walk around with the look a look on my face. You're a good-looking rooster, bro. You're a good-looking rooster. I look, <laughs> walk around with a look on my face. But, um, you know, the fans have all, always been um, very respectful of, um, you know, my space and my family's space. So um, as far as social media goes, look, um, to me, I, I enjoy I enjoy social media. I love interacting with fans. But, um, you know, when, when people or I see – that I follow, um, you know, we're talking about, you know, the NBA players and you know influencers that I follow. True. No. Sometimes I always ask myself. I always think, I wonder if they're really happy. I wonder if what they're really—that's the what that's they're the really posting—is yeah. how they're actually feeling, or um, you know, I, I love following those people that are really raw and honest and that open. Genuine, yeah. But um, you know, when you follow those. I mean, I, I follow her, but I'm just using her as an example. But Kim Kardashian, when she puts a fat up, I wonder if she's really happy. I always think, yeah. I, I always find myself down these. I don't know how far this podcast is going to go. No, this
0: is this. We've got five, six uh, hours, uh, and we uh, uh, run yeah, of, I've, I've got yeah,
1: yeah. I've got a little, I know a, a lot of mean. things that I always sort of ask myself those questions. Like, geez, I wonder what their life's like. Or yep. um, not that I'm jealous of it because no, no. I'm very, I'm very, I'm very happy and, and blessed to be where I am. But um, I always think to myself, well, I wonder if behind that smile they're sort of thinking, shit, I need to. Oh, are we allowed to swear on this?
0: Yeah, oh it, sweet. No, no fucking swearing, either, bro. Yeah, Sorry
1: about that. Um I'm always thinking, well. I wonder if they're actually really happy.
0: Yeah, well, that's yeah, that's and that's the, the downside to social media because a lot of people want to be that person's life. Compare themselves. But if they got behind the scenes into that person's life, they'd yep. be probably going, my life is that fucking unhappy yep. and I hate this, I hate social media. You, you do find, and I've met a lot of people throughout my time of obviously travelling the world, that they're just so against it. Yeah. They're so against it, they get annoyed by people and, uh, yeah, it's always that, and that's why I sort of probably some of the – um motive behind the rich life projects mm-hmm. is just really, you know, all my friends that I pull out of my phone and annoy yeah. uh, to get on the podcast, but just what their rich life really is. Because a lot of people with rich life, oh, you know, I love the money, I love yep. the celebrity, yep. I love you know, the Instagram, Facebook and that. And then you yep. get some go, my rich life is my children, you yeah. know, I live for my children. Yep. Everything outside of that is just like a icing on the cake. Yeah. But that's the the soul yep. part of that. So, yep. yeah, that's that's been a a big thing down here. But, uh, but for the for the podcast, and you say when you're in Melbourne, they have still got their actual fan base, uh, diehard fan base, Melbourne Storm. But it, it would be refreshing not to be, you know, as you say, like just hunted, you know, by by fans or whatever and just have that time now just to have a bit of your own space yeah. and then get into the new year and everyone's sort of going to see Tarek in, in the Melbourne colours. And, you know, I'm, I'm inter- interested to see, uh, you know, you go around as well. So Yeah,
1: and, and you know, going back to the Storm uh, fan base, they're, they are, they're, they're diehard as well. Yeah. They've been there through thick and thin. They're, most of them have been here since they started. So, you know, Melbourne have got such a great reach as, in terms of memberships and fans, yeah. game-wide, Australia-wide. It's just so. a massive
0: sports city. It is even and- even AFL, you know, you get cross codes looking at the rugby league as well. It's just yep. I think it's just that much of a sports capital down here. It's it's a crazy experience. You've got every single sport you need and you sometimes back you, out. Yeah, sometimes you don't even have to go out, you just go, Oh, I can't be bothered going to the sport today. I've been to the last five weeks.
1: I don't know for anyone that knows where we are, but Amy Park's in the middle of the city and then you've got the tennis, you've got swimming, you've got Soccer, you've got rugby union, you've got everything, e- every- everything. basketball, you've
0: F1. Got- they've got some crazy concerts that come into the stadiums as well. So,
1: yeah, look, and that's something that oh, I'm like, again, Good I've experienced,
0: you're going to gonna experience, experience it, it yeah.
1: yeah. So, um, you know, being where I was for so long, um, you know, even though it was only 45 minutes up the road to go to Sydney, um, you know, sort of drag yourself up to Sydney, that, that was a bit tough at times, but, um, you know, it's literally 15 minutes away from your front Every, door. Everything here. So, um, yeah, excited.
0: Crazy. So let's, let's go back to that, uh, where you say grew up, obviously born yep. in Gerringong. Yep. Gerringong. Um, and that, which, how far is that from Wollongong?
1: That's about 20 minutes south of okay. Wollongong.
0: Okay. So, and you got, uh, the two, two other brothers and sisters. So I got two boys, two sisters. Yeah. Yep. So, um. Growing up in the in the Gong or Jerry Gong, what what was life like for the uh, the Sims growing up? Because obviously they're all sporting. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously the three brothers, yep. big boys, <laughs> yep. uh, growing up, going up. And and, you, and I think I read uh, mum's a Fijian uh, descent.
1: Yes. Um, so mum was born and bred in Fiji, and she okay. moved over when she was fourteen or fifteen years old. Um, and they moved to Blackett, so out okay. of Western Sydney. So, um, and uh, she had uh 14 brothers and sisters. Wow, so they moved from Fiji over there. Um, and they all sort of grew up and they are very sporty. My mum was very sporty, all of them were pretty sporty, but mum was exceptionally good at it. But, um, yeah, she played basketball, netball, um for New South Wales, Australia. Um, she rode boats. Um, she was very sporty. And then, um, on the other side of the fence, you got my old man, which <laughs> he, um, yeah, he, he grew up, he was, wasn't very, um, school wasn't very strong for him, but he was, he had a really good worker thing. Um, you know, he always tells a story how he, um, he, uh, was working for his old man, uh, at a scrapyard, they had like a car sort of scrapyard thing. And, um, yeah, he, he was working there just to get enough money to go surfing. So yeah, true. Um, he bought a ticket to Indo and um, stayed there for seven years and then came back and funny story about that, sorry to ah, jump chunk um, it is. So before um he went over to Indo, um, he was bouncing doors at a pub. And um he met this tall Fijian bird with a hundred <laughs> of her sisters and um, you know, her name was was Jackie. So, um, yeah, met her. And then literally the next day he he flew out and he went surfing for seven years. And, um, Came back and then um, went back into working with his old man and then bouncing on the doors and um, yeah ran into that same bird same Jackie deal. and he said I'm going to marry you so um, he had to go buy everyone a drink apparently he had to go buy all the sisters drinks and then oh. um, he was allowed the data so <laughs> oh wow so fast forward that's you know, that's crazy story that's, isn't that's it? how me that's how me mum and dad met
0: wow so yeah well, so they're both really sporty anyway but uh, in that in that uh, way so growing up obviously the the fights amongst the brothers that was a no fighting, love fighting, or loved it, mate. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, when you grow up in a in a household where um, only one of your parents work, um, and she was mum was a, a very disciplinary mum. She was very strong, obviously very loving. Um, but dad was always always working. He, yeah. um, you know, sometimes he held three or four jobs. Um, yeah, wow. And he had tough jobs as well. I mean, he just retired from. Um, he was a dairy farmer. He just retired from milking cows for thirty-one years. Wow! Um, you know, so he used to. I can tell you my. I can tell you my, yeah, man, yeah, tell you my old man's story from literally the minute he wakes up to the minute he goes to sleep. So, Dad'd wake up at quarter to three. Yeah. He'd make a cup of coffee and a snack to eat. He'd be at the dairy by quarter past three. Milk the cows until seven fifteen. He'd come home, say good day to us. We'd be getting ready for school. He'd go um, into his shed, have a couple of durries, punch a couple of um, of uh, cheats and chongs and then go to work. And then he'd he'd, he'd um, go mow lawns. He, it was like a landscape. He had Sims. He called it Sims TLC, Total Lawn Care. Yeah, right. Yeah, nah. And, wow. um, yeah, so he, he worked all, all through the day um, till about quarter past one, get home, have lunch till one thirty, and then back in the car to, to milk and cows from um, 3 o'clock until 5, 6 o'clock at night.
0: Wow,
1: and that was his day. He just did that for thirty years.
0: Just be, then, it becomes just muscle memory. Just, that's that's just the whole process of life, isn't it. That's well, it,
1: it was just my dad's very set in his ways, and and he's um, very um, structured in and what he wanted to do and and how he wanted to go get about it. And you know, milking such a people don't realize how hard it is. Oh mate.
0: I, um, I've seen I've seen some sort of dockers, but I've seen I've Been to farms before? (laughs) Well, there's no days
1: off. If you don't don't milk a cow, they get mastitis and then their um, their milk gets infected and then you can't milk them. So if you don't milk them every day, twice a day, they get crook. So say you have 100 cows and half of them get crook, you're only putting out – so much milk—that's
0: good. Which and you're not making anything. You're from not it. making anything. And they, they probably—I think the dairy farmers these days aren't making anything anyway. E-
1: exactly. Yeah. It's so yeah. bulk. So um, you know, growing up with mum and dad in the house, um, you know, it was very—it was a strict household. But um, we weren't—we weren't financially rich, but I was filthy rich in happiness yeah, and happy, love. Yeah,
0: Well, that's that's a that's an absolute must.
1: And you know, growing up, we always supported anything that any of us kids wanted to do. And um, unfortunately, um, you know, dad had to miss out on, on seeing some of those games or some of those, um, you know, sporting events because he was working. Working. But on the other hand, mum was driving us to places, you know, and we're talking about back in the day where like I I remember a whole football season, my mate's dad would pick us up in his van. There's only two seats in the van, the driver's seat and the passenger seat. And he was an electrician. And then there was parts I remember a whole season when I was, would have been eight or nine, and we just laid in the back of the van. That was normal. Yeah. Like, get no, to and from games. You, so, you
0: wouldn't get pulled up or anything nah, back in the day.
1: So, so, like, you know, we'd have footy training on, you know, Tuesdays and Thursdays and then play on Saturday. So on the Thursday night, we was like, you know, can you come pick me up this weekend? Yeah, mate, no worries. Like, I'll be there at this time. Yeah, yeah, sweet. No worries. You'd be sitting out the front with your boots waiting to go, you see the van come around the corner.
0: Yes, and here we, we are. Go. We're off.
1: And, you know, and that's the group of mates that I had. My, my group of friends that I grew up with, I'm still – Mates with today because yeah. they were there when they saw me when I was struggling. Well, when I was struggling, yeah. I, I, like I said, I didn't understand the concept of financial um, positions of families. Like the house we grew up in, my mum and dad are still living in that same True house and that. it's not wow. and it's not a great house. Yeah. Like, um, the The friends that I got, they saw that. And then now they've seen what we've become and what we're becoming mm. – but my so, mum and dad are still in that house. Like yeah. three of my three of my mum and dad's kids have all played or are playing professional yeah, yeah. football.
0: Yeah, they they're at there, especially uh Corbin and Ashton, they Ashton is finished now? Yep, he's retired now. But, uh, but he him, him uh yourself Corbin, uh CJ, Ruan. Yep, Ruan. So yep. they even they're in the rugby league too. So
1: Rue's Roo, – a trailblazer. I was, I was meant to. I said three. I should have said four. Of their kids have played professional rugby league. My sister Rowan, she was the driving force of the women's rugby league and where they are today. She, yeah, yeah. she speaks really well. Um, she's a great footballer, talented, but scary as fuck as well because she's more aggressive than all three of us boys. That's that's what I, I, yeah. I want to get across to people is the women that I grew up in. You got to remember they've come from. An island. 100%. They've come over to Australia and it's been tough. 100%. So when my mum and dad had kids, we didn't have a choice but to be tough. Um, you know, my dad came from a tough family, my mum came from a tough family, so our kids were going to be tough. And, um, you know, with with the cap and, and how some sporting um, – uh, some sporting events here in Australia, they're capped. So, you know, growing up, I think the girls could only play till they were 13 or 14, maybe. Yeah. I think. That's (laughs) right.
0: But now, how how much has it spun around now? Uh, Unbelievable. Now
1: now it's just
0: pumping. And I think even either next year or the year after, then they're looking at, then they're going to make – a salary, like be put on a salary and actually play professional football all year round. So they
1: can focus – because you don't remember, my sister, she played rugby union for Australia. So it's not just rugby league. It's rugby union for incredible, Australia. Incredible, incredible. But um, she played that for what, 10, 13 years. Really? Wow. And she – every surgery she had, she had to pay for it out of her pocket. And then the time off work that she had, she was very lucky. She was working for a law firm, law oh, firm okay. at, at the time. Um, but they were very – she was very lucky. She, they were very lenient on time off she could have so, to go attend these tournaments. And then time off, she needed to pay for an injury. I remember yeah, she yes. had her hand done. And I said, just out of curiosity, I'm like, oh, how much would her hand cost? Because yeah. you lose track once, you, once you've had so many surgeries that I've had, the club look after that because it's in your contract. That's right. And she just had a little little surgery on her hand. And um, I said, oh, how, how much did that cost? She's like, oh, 15 Wow. I'm like, what? And she goes, grand. I'm like, oh, my God. So she's had to, out of her, save her own money. Because you've got to remember, they're only getting $500, $600. A-
0: absolutely nothing.
1: And to pay. And then, um, yeah, she had to pay a couple of grand to get her hand done. So, you know, and, and she's just been such an inspiration, not only for myself, but, um, you know, for other family members and other women, women and, and definitely. kids coming through. Like when you look at the game and, and how much exposure she's given the game and is continuing to give the game, yeah. you know, I can't oh, sit yeah, back. No, but,
0: I'm, uh, I'm the same. I follow Ryan and, and uh, CJ as well on the, on social media and then I'll obviously watch them commentating on TV and, yeah, yeah as you say, very professional but, yeah, inspirational well, leaders. Well, on the other
1: hand, CJ, because she never really got into rugby league, so she went over to – women's nfl
0: that's right that's so right so she played
1: for australia for nfl wow and you know she was a, she was a weapon right and 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 like i said some people have and you know better than most when you see people Talent. that want to fight or yep. that that think they can fight
0: potential. if
1: you've got it you've got it 100% and you can see it 100%. but if you're sort of dipping your toe in and half arsing it yep. you get found out pretty quick oh. but cj yeah she was a real goer and the the way that she'd sort of attack um you know, the line was, was pretty cool to watch. Yeah,
0: you know, I and so even with the women now, it's sort of I, I get I get buzzed because I go I I can't wait for the day where the women's comp, all the teams, play before the men's main game, and then they have the State of Origin, the three women's game before the State of Origin men game. I can't wait for that day. That'll be good. And I think the crowds are more adapt to that now and hoping and wishing that'll happen very soon because it it just adds to the entertainment basically.
1: Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, we were sort of talking about that before. You get your bang for your buck. If you pay, you know, $45 a ticket, you want to see the best, not only just in the men's game, but if you pay a $45 entry fee, you're going to see two games of football at a high standard, and I'll be the first one to admit the standard when the women started to where it is now is light years apart. I was going to say that. I, light years apart.
0: I see. I see the game. Obviously, I paid attention to it this year, and I was just like, the girls, how hard they go, yeah. and and you you sort of go, okay, these girls are going hard because they've got they've got a level that they want to get to as well. Oh yeah. But they're just mentally tough, mm-hmm. and and uh, some of the girls in Newcastle, some of the girls Broncos, and and so forth. Mm-hmm. Man, some of those runs that they run up, some of the tackles and yep. hits, I, I would be happy to say they are running and hitting harder some, than some of the men. Oh, absolutely! You know, yeah. as much as I probably get, uh, you know, teased, teased about saying that, but I'm, you know, I'm gospel. Well, I'm on telling that. you,
1: if you look up my sister's highlights, she used to murder people, but it was. You know, in, in obviously legal, but she would she's just got the timing. Like I said, some people have it, some people don't. She just had timing down. And her defensive side of the game was always really spot on. So um, to sort of watch her progress the game and progress her game in the back end of her years, um, that was definitely something that I looked at and thought, you know, far out, like, I'm going to just keep going until the wheels fall
0: off. 100%, yeah, especially if you see the, the sisters doing what they're doing and you're like, damn, I've got to, you know, that. Well, that as you say, that inspires, probably motivates and gives you a bit of a, a fire in the belly going, damn, we've got the whole family doing oh, this thing. We're all going oh, hard Absolutely,
1: here. mate. Like, if, if you look at everyone's um, sort of statistics in my family – Ruan's the most decorated by far. Yeah, right. Rugby Union, oh, yeah. Australian, New South Wales. Rugby League, Australia, New South Wales. Captain. Um, you know, all of the accolades that she's got that right. I can't even rattle off the top of my head. I mean, and, you know, for me as a father of two girls. Girls. F- for them to look up to not only their mum's a professional boxer, their aunties are representatives of Australia and driving, you know, that. Wow. Oh, yeah. um, to me – I sort of lick my lips and think,
0: man, look, look what they've got to look forward to. If,
1: if this is something that they want to do, because I'd never press them no, in or anything, no. because that was one thing I, I definitely picked up off my old man. He was, I wanted to be a professional surfer. Like I, I didn't start, I didn't start taking my job or really life serious until I finished school. Yeah, But true. because I wanted to, I just wanted to hang out with my mates, get blind on the weekends and work with my old man at the dairy. That's all I wanted yeah, to do. Wow. And then, uh, an opportunity came, um, to go to Brisbane. Um, you know, they signed Corbin when he was 15, they signed Ashton from the Dragons. And then, uh, someone, I think it was for a bit of a giggle, they, um, they said, oh, there's a third brother. Did you want to get him up here? It'd be a good story. And then um, that was me. And like I said, I was a skinny winger. I would have been 60 kilos if I was holding two buckets of water. Um,
0: what, well, they, they tell you that you're not doing a winger, they need you to eat more food or something? No, so- <laughs> Get a little y- bit bigger.
1: No, yeah. So they signed, they signed me to Brisbane and then um, they got their photo and that they wanted. And then um, they're like, well, righto, well, you're here. So there was this new competition coming in, the NYC.
0: Said, yeah. Uh, yeah, what, what was the NYC what's because I have I national have
1: read- youth competition oh okay okay so then and like I said I, I just finished year 12 and just scraped through by the skin of my teeth because like I said I was more focused on having fun hanging out with my mates and surfing and um, and that was one thing that dad really drove into me is like I don't care what you do whether you play sport or surf or work I just want you to finish year 12 and for the last since year 10 to year 12 I never knew why I was just like god like yeah, my, my mates are second year apprentices by then, third year yeah, apprentices boy so Yeah, through that, yeah, I'm looking at them getting money, and yeah. they've got their own car, and I haven't got anything. I'm like, oh, geez, like this has really put me behind the eight ball. This is how I was thinking I think, because yeah, this is mindset. this is what I was I was looking at, and then um, yeah, moved that to um, to Brisbane after I, f- I literally finished year twelve. Um,
0: Were you playing the local league then, Jerry? Just playing for Jerrangong line with all the brothers playing too.
1: No, so Ashton was already playing first grade okay, and Corbin was in the younger grades, but I was playing first grade for Jerengong. So I was only 15, 16 playing first grade. So I was playing with, I was going to the footy mates with my mates and then they'd play and then I'd be playing with their old men. I'd be playing with their dads (laughs) because I was just always, I've always had a little something, but... I just didn't take it serious. And then I'd always had that sort of killer instinct of when to go in and, and you know, when to jam someone or, or when to pass the ball or when to score or whatever. I've always had that, but I just – I wasn't taking it serious, to be really honest with you. Yeah, right. And then um, the opportunity to go up to, um, to Brisbane was – to get out of Jerringal. I've never been out of Jeringo. I've never even been on a plane.
0: And What was that like? Obviously, they got the three brothers up there. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what was that like to obviously a great connection with your brothers to be in Brisbane away from family home and now playing sort of something that you love in regards to uh, rugby league?
1: Yeah, look, it was um, definitely a fucking eye-opener because yeah. I went from the comforts of my Mum's food being cooked my clothes being washed. I went from the safety and um, the comfort of my mates and everything around me. I went from all all these all these beautiful things that I was living in La La Land into I had a job where I had to work fifty hours a week. And then after that, after that ten hour shift of a day, I'd had to go to training, train and perform at a high level. Otherwise you'd just get cast yeah. aside. Just get cut. Um, and then the, 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 one really big thing that I, that I learned, uh, when I moved to Brisbane was I moved in with my brother and his wife at the time. Oh, okay. So they, 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 they just moved. They hadn't have any kids yet. So it was just those two and me. Yeah, right. So I was like, they're little babies. So I was, <laughs> and third wheel. But that's when Ashton sort of said, look, you're not here for a fucking holiday. Like. That's when I. That's when something inside me clicked. I was just like, "Oh fuck!" And I was watching him playing first grade, so I was just like, "Wow, I really want to be where he is." But fuck, like I can't. I'm not big. Like my brother's always been big. You got to remember, I'm the runt of five. Yeah, yeah. Five family members. I'm the I'm the smallest, the skinniest, the ugliest. They always call me big ears (laughs) because everyone's got big ears. So they, they they've. To, to see where my brother is and was going, the trajectory, that's where I wanted to be. But it was only up to me if I wanted to pay the price. So that was something that was really cool when I moved into Ashton. He said, look, these first two weeks, I'll let you get away with I'll, – I'll just let you be. And then after two weeks, I'm going to fucking chip you and I'm going to tell you what's right and what's wrong. So in my mind, when he said that, that's when I was just like, okay. Like, this isn't a fucking holiday. A- I still had to show up at work. I had to be at work at 5 o'clock in the morning. I'd work till, like, whenever I had to work, because I worked in a magazine factory. So okay. whenever the magazine factory needed a magazine out, yep. so if we if a machine broke down, that was two, three hours to fix it, so it puts us two, three hours behind. So oh, wow. some nights you'd be pulling 10, 11, 12, 13-hour days just so you could get out, because there's deadlines. A 24-hour deadline. factory, it doesn't stop.
0: Yeah, no, it's 100%, especially magazines back in the day. Yeah,
1: so we um, – so, yeah, he's like, well, I'm going to give you two weeks and after two weeks you figure you'll figure it out and then I'll tell you what you can and can't do and what you should and shouldn't do. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And I thought I was flying. Got a brand new iPhone, had my own money. <laughs> I got a car, a, a three-door Toyota Starlet. Oh, green. yeah. First ever, first ever car, mate. I was balling. <laughs> and then at the end of this two weeks he's just like, "Alright, how much money have you got? I'm like, oh, I'm not going to tell you. I'm like, I'm not going to be surprised. Like, And I'm like, oh, okay like showed him 300 bucks in my account. He's just like, all right, 250 of that's coming to me for rent. So what's the other 50 for? I go, oh, like food and that? He goes, "No, 25 bucks for the food. So I only had 25 bucks left.
0: I'm like, fuck.
1: Mind you, my Toyota Starlet, it (laughs) ran off the smell of petrol.
0: Really? Yeah. So I'd
1: put 10 bucks in the tank. That'll last me a week. So I was just like, oh, wow. Like, And then that's when reality really hit. And I was just like, fuck, I've got like things I need to make sure. And then every month I had to, I had to pay my phone bill. And then yeah. obviously I was a young kid.
0: Back then their phone bills were like if you used it, there was no well, if you free. Went over, yeah, if you went over yeah. a certain amount, i
1: would just tack it on. Boom, Ten bucks boom, a day, boom. 20 bucks a day, 30 bucks a day. So so and then that was when I was just like, wow, fuck. Like I've just been babied my whole life until I was 17 <laughs> years old. And then all of a sudden now I'm I'm in the real world and yeah. I'm working people depending on me. If I don't show up for my job that puts stress on other people. That's where I really learned. Yeah. Like, if you don't pull your weight, then fuck. Like, yeah. if someone can really struggle. Yeah. So that first year, I did that. Ho- I did my first year in Brisbane living with my brother, and then yeah. that my brother and his wife got they became pregnant.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: And I'm like, oh, how good is this? I am gonna have a little nephew. Like, that's sick. Like, and then <laughs> he turned night, around, and he goes,
0: "Gonna move out." Well,
1: <laughs> what the fuck are you gonna do? I'm like, oh, well, I'll just be hanging around like babysit for you. Yeah. <laughs> just like. No, nah, that's not how fucking life works.
0: Oh, yeah, man. So, in, ashed, my, so
1: in my mind, I'm just learning all these, like-
0: all Life these lessons. Life
1: lessons. And, you know, he, the way that my brother went about it, I couldn't commend him on it enough because it was just that right amount of tough love to love. Like, if he babied it and said, no, it'd be right, mate. Like, I'll give you a couple yeah, of bucks for this. it I would easy, have
0: taken like, 100%.
1: Easily I yep. would have taken advantage of, yep. of it. But the way that he did it um, was perfect. So- Bang, we found out that they're pregnant and this is the end of the the, the first year that I've been in Brisbane. Yeah. And mind you, all my mates are going to schoolies and they're partying and, you know, some of them that have been working for the last two, three years, they're going on trips to Mentawis and all these things, Look, places where I wanted to go, Gold Coast, like, even though it was just down the road for me, but it was so far to me because I was thinking, fuck, I'm not going to have enough energy because yeah, oh, I've, yeah, I've got to drive. Yeah. Down there, which is only two hours, I've got to drive all the way down there. That's petrol money. Then I've got to buy food. That's more money. So, in my mind, I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is adding up. So, all my mates are having all this fun and I'm just banging away, banging away. And called my old man up after the year finished and I said, Dad, I want to fucking come home. Like, I'm sick of this. Like, I just, I live in a, you've got to remember, Jerringle was not that big. It's a little country town on the coast. Yeah, right. And then I've moved to Brisbane City. And then I'm like, so my head's already falling, or something, Dad. I I, I want to fucking come home. And he goes, Look, son, come home. Because it was off season. He said, Come home. I still had another year to go. He said, Come home. We'll have a chat. And, you know, we just sort of decompress and see how we go. See how we go. I was like, Yep, no worries. And like I said, my dad never, ever pushed me into anything in my life. And um, he always encouraged me, but he said, Look, if you don't want to fucking do it, don't do it. Yeah simple as that. If you don't want to do it, yeah. do it. But if you commit to something, this was That's, this was yeah, his the, thing. Yeah. If you commit to something, so say a season, so say it was board riders, which goes for, you know, seven months every weekend you go to board riders. If you sign up for seven months, I want you to go for seven months. Yeah. I don't want you going for two, three months and then pull out and then just go, no, nah, it wasn't for me. Yeah, you if you sign up, you got to do something. So that was one thing you always drilled in. And then sure enough, we were sort of sitting at home and i just turned 18. And I was just like, all my mates are me Like I'm having a great time. Well, legally, I'm allowed to go out now. Yeah. And um, that was just like, well, why don't you fucking stick it out? You've already done one year. Why don't you stick it out and do one more year? See how you go really fucking knuckled down. I said, dad, well, I've got to, I've got to move out in my own joint. I've got to do all these things. In my mind as a eight, fresh 18 year old, I was dreading. So then I I made the decision to to go back to Brisbane Mind you, I couldn't even pay for a ticket home. I drove home and we it because the,
0: oh, I had man, no did money. It, did it make it all the way no. what?
1: Yeah, fucking no. <laughs> it ate it up, mate, the three-door. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so drive, driving back home, I don't know. I've always, lo- I've always enjoyed driving, love driving. And I was driving home and I was just like, you know what? fuck it, I'm going to really bite into this apple and see what happens. What's the worst could happen? My contract runs out and I go back home and then I'm doing what I want to do, milk cows in the morning. i with my old man, surf during the day and laughing at you. Anyway, so on that drive home, I don't know what it was, but it was like something – by the time I drove into Brisbane, I was just like, I'm going to fucking really have a crack, have a this crack at this yeah, this year. I'm going to do whatever – if they say jump, I'll say how high. Yeah. Anyway, so that was – that was the end of the first year going into my second year and I and I was moving out into my own place and because Corbin moved up when he was 15 legally he couldn't he couldn't move out until he was 16 17 okay because he was still finishing school as well yeah so he lived in a, a what they called a Broncos house where you know four or five footy boys uh, footy, they all lived they in lived that together. house and, a, and then a host family looked after him
0: yeah
1: so when he came of age he he and I moved out together and we moved out to Nundah. North Brisbane, oh yeah, which is yeah, fucking yeah, yeah, tough. It yeah, one hundred percent.
0: It is fucking yeah, tough. Sunshine Coast, I know where Nunder is. It is tough, mate. So
1: we moved out into this little shitty little um, two bedroom apartment thing. It was the best, mate. Like yeah. it was, it was horrible, but it was the best because we could afford everything. Our rent, I think, our rent was only two hundred fifty bucks a week, split between two blokes that were working. Yeah. Stoked, mate. I mean,
0: there.
1: And then, you know, it wasn't too far from work. It was a bit of a distance to drive to training, but I had two boys that lived out near me um, In the, that were coming into the 20s as well. So we carpooled and yeah. ended up making money in petrol money because, like I said, my car ran off the smell of an oily rag. <laughs> you ray.
0: don't really uh, hear too many footballers saying, mate, I made money on my petrol money. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, mate, and, and it was great. And, you know, Davey Huller and Dunamis Lew were the two blokes that lived out near me, very big boys getting out of my three door starlet. wasn't. <laughs> Like my car was that small that Dave Huller, when he put his hand out the wall, his fingers would be that far off the ground. That's oh, how yeah. small this car is. So, But uh, I was balling. Like I said, I was living the life. I had my mates. I had my new group of mates yep. living in a new city, had a, had my own car to get around. I was working and I was playing footy. What more could you want?
0: 100%. And then
1: the second year, the coach at the time, which happened to be Anthony Griffin, he's just like, mate, um, on my birthday, actually, 9th, oh, was it? the 9th of February, he calls me up and he's like, i oh, come in. Like, did, We had training anyway. He's just like, mate, I want you to um, go back to North's, which was a feeder club for the Broncos.
0: Okay.
1: He goes, I want you to go back there and um, sort of learn your trade a bit better. I'm like, oh, what do you mean? Like I said, I'm in this fucking fairy tale bubble. Yeah, I'm, now, now I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm, I'm happy on. again. And then he goes, no, nah, um, I want you to fuck off and learn how to play footy because I went from playing on the wing and then he wanted me in the middle in the forwards I'm like oh okay like right. that was obviously disheartening on my birthday as well I get 100%. cut yeah. so um, he's just like oh yeah and by the way um, I don't want you coming back into your are um, 100 kilos I was just like well, think- well what were you weighing then Oh, uh, roughly 80, 85-ish 80, yeah, right. on a good day, like if I'd had a, a good feed.
0: How much steak and chicken did you have to eat?
1: Made chicken and rice <laughs> and sandwiches, what I fucking ate. So, really? Uh, just I,
0: everything, your carbs, and so, packing them on.
1: Well, you got to remember, my metabolism was burning, burning Crazy. hard. So I'd eat something and
0: like nothing. has gone. Yeah, yeah.
1: So um, I talked to our dietitian. her name was Peter at the time at the Broncos, and I said, what can I do? And then it's sort of – this is when I knew I was becoming – who I wanted to become, because in my mind, when he said, "Oh, mate, I want you to go back and just play in the cup team," I would like before I would have gone, "Oh, fuck this!" Like, yeah. all right, like you know, I just do this year out in cup, and then I'll piss off back home. Like, yeah. you know, I had a always crack.
0: had that thought in your mind. I had a
1: crack, and then this is when I knew I, I was—I was getting that sort of killer attitude. Was I was off. Fuck this old prick. I'm gonna fucking really stick it up his ass. So I talked to our dietitian at the time and she said, Really, your metabolism's burning that crazy that you need to start eating at night. I'm like, I'm going to bed at oh, nine man, o'clock. Yeah. At, I'm going to bed at nine o'clock at night and I'm getting up at three o'clock at night. The middle of the night is a couple of hours after I go to bed. She's like, you need to do it. So I started making peanut butter sandwiches, banana sandwiches, and I put a big cup of water next to my bed and I'd set my alarm. So say my alarm was going off at three o'clock, for example, I'd set my alarm for 12 o'clock. My alarm would go off. I wouldn't even – after I did it for about a month, I didn't even turn the lights on. I'd just sit in my bed, eat my sandwiches, <laughs> drink me water and go back to sleep and then my alarm would go off again. Then I'd get up for breakfast. I'd make me gre- brekkie and then I'd go to work, work oh, all yeah. day, finish Finish work, go straight to training. And then um, by my third year um, – so that year sort of um, – I put on all this all this weight and this muscle because you would have seen before in fighters, yeah. but when you got good bones and good structure, when they start putting on muscle, it doesn't just come on as fat and no, then you the no, shape them no. up. It comes on my shoulders got rounder, my yeah. legs got bigger.
0: Yeah. I, 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 Definition I, could, sort of from the, yeah. the muscle put on you. Yeah, yeah, like,
1: you know, you started to get sort of different shape in different areas. So I was thinking, fuck, like halfway through the year, I'm like, fuck, I'm murdering blokes. Like, this is good. And then I played a couple of games in the NYC for Brisbane and then um i'm like fuck i'm killing this like this is mad and then i talked to the coach i'm like hey, how's it all going like do you like them, what you're saying he's like yeah i do but still go back there and like same thing again i was like fucking motherfucker like i could have gone back there and really drugged my heels and thought you know i did all this all he wanted me to do but i just i can't get there like i'm trying yeah. and then um at the end of my second year that's when i was just like all right. Well, the enemy contracts something, and Bronx like, "I oh, will sign you for another two, mate." Like, would you do it? I'm like, "Yeah, of course." Because by then I was already in. I was yeah, all in, okay. all in in this football thing. I didn't want to go fucking surfing. I Didn't want to go do playing, drinking with no, well, mates. You've
0: come that far. You're like, well, by fuck. then, I by
1: then, I hadn't cut off me mates, but I, I'd stopped. I'd stopped doing what I wanted to do and start doing what I should have been doing. So now now I'm all in, like in football. Like like I said, I'm watching my brother play and I was like, fuck, I want to play before him. Because the NYC used to play before the first grade. So wherever the first grade team went, so if we went to New Zealand, that was a four-day trip for us. I was mad. Get every breakfast, like break you paid for. (laughs) Um, You get to hang out with your mates, play cards, listen to music, get on the piss after the game. Just
0: just basically living a full-time rugby league life. You
1: were living the professional life because you've got to remember when you are in the NYC, or the younger grades, you're not on a full time
0: contract. Contract, right? yeah.
1: You're just part time until you get the first grade. So, just being in the top thirty, that was always something that was driving me. And I was just like, "Fuck, like, I know I'm not there yet, but like, if I want yeah, to play yeah, in that yeah, game, i will fucking get there." Anyway, so after the second year, came in for the reviews. They're like, "Hey, mate, we got this two year contract for you. Um, would you, would you be keen?" I'm like, "Yes, absolutely." then they're like, right, I go see the coach. Um, he'll just give you what he wants you to come back as because they always give you targets at the end of the year. Okay. Want you to come back at this, skin folds at this, fitness at this. Still hasn't changed. Still the same thing. Is it,
0: with- is it really? Wow. Well? I didn't know that. Yeah. So I
1: went in there, went into the coach reviews, and I've, I've only just come in at 100 kilos, but like – walking around weight, like yeah, yeah, yeah. not like I'm bol- – like if, if, if I had to be 100 kilos and I was eating three bowls of pasta before I came to weigh in, then that would be a problem. But this was my weight because it was on. Like I said, I was at that stage in my life where the muscles were there, like yeah. uh, my size was there because I'd work my fucking ass off to get there. Anyway, I walked into the office and the coach said, what do you weigh? Like 100 on the dot. He's like, good. He's like, what do you want to play? And I was just like, oh, second row lock. I'm like, yeah, he's like, good you've been getting better there. I'm like, yeah, thank you. Because this is how he talks. Like, yeah. He's just straight to the point and he's just like, you playing next year with us? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, in the year after that? And I go, yeah. And he goes, well, mate, make sure you come back um, November 1, um, 110 kilos. I said, you can what? You put another
0: 10 on.
1: I said, what? And he goes, I want you at 110. I want you playing front row next year. I'm like, oh, I was like, back row or lock? And he's just like, don't give a fuck. <laughs> Like, this is what I want. But then again, like, that's what I mean. I,
0: the mentality just The like, mentality.
1: Oh. Like, as soon as I left his office, I was like,
0: motherfucker. Like,
1: obviously I was disappointed, but yeah. I was pumped at the same time. Because yeah, one, true. I just got another contract. And then yep. two, he's just set me a bar. So setting these goals, and it's been like this for my whole career now, is if I, if, if I get set a goal, fuck, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to either reach it or I'm going to get busted trying to reach it. Yeah, true. So I've come back the third year, and, and then all of a sudden I've gone from working – too, I've got a contract with the with the Bronx, Bronx, but I was still working. So I'd work Monday to Thursday, and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I'd train with the Brisbane Broncos. And this is the Brisbane Broncos. Yeah, yeah, so that, like, back like, in the yeah. back in
0: the day, there so was, was big names. names: Petro, Lock, Lockyer. Thaude,
1: Lockyer, Hodges, um, Israel Folau, um, or. All these, all these all these, blokes that I'd, I'd love to watch and love to train with, I'm training with them now. So that's where it was like just feeding me. I was just like motherfuckers. And they used to do this like suicide drill where you'd literally started two hats and 10 metres away on either side would be another hat. One bloke had the ball, one bloke didn't have the ball, and you just had to meet in the middle. And whoever lost would get out and go again. The other one that won, he'd just stand to the side and just watch the ball. And you'd just hammer and oh, top, wow. bang. Bang. So I was learning a lot and learning really quickly. And then my body was developing, and I was slowly getting 105, 106, 107. Then come the start of the year, same sort of meeting with the coach. How much you weigh? Like, I'm 110 kilos. Good. You're starting. Like, what? Wow. Like, you're starting front row. For the NYC.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm like,
1: whoa, like, fuck, like, okay. So now I've got it, the jumper. Now I don't want to let it go. So I started setting myself goals on the field, with, whether it was statistics or, you know, trying to knock someone out or trying to get someone yeah. in a game, per game. Like, I'd set these things. And then when I'd pit myself up against, so say, if you were my other front row, I'd pit myself, I'd look at your stats. I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm going to smash you this I'll weekend. Oh, and I really developed this fucking, this mentality of, like, it's me. Not you. It's not me or you. It's me. Yes, so maybe. I was coming after you all game. I'd come off and then, because I always, because I was, I felt, because I was always a winger and a sort of edge back row of my whole life. And then all of a sudden I moved into the front row. I sort of felt like I had this engine inside me that could outlast them. Yeah. And like I said, I was putting on muscle. I wasn't fat and then trying to strip it That's back. Right, so yeah. there's a difference. Just, yeah, you know, you know what I'm 100%, talking about. yeah. But if there's a difference of you, growing your engine yep. instead of having a big fat engine and then trying to trim it down, trim it down yeah. is a different it's A lot fitness. harder. So I, I was coming into that with in, that in the back of my mind. My mentality was like, fuck, it's, it's fucking go time. Yeah. So my third year, I ended up playing every game, but I, I started the first game and then played every game off the bench. But when I came on, I was like a I was like a little, little back pocket ace because I'd come on at the 15, 20-minute mark – and then I'd stay on for the rest of the game okay. as a front rower. And yeah, that was yeah, right pretty on. rare. That was pretty rare because usually you'd only do 15, 20-minute stints. stints. And then that, I played the whole year like that. And like I said, I did some good things, did some really terrible things, but like I, I was learning along the way and then the start of the fourth year my last year he's just like you're my starting front rower this year you've been in the system you've got no fucking excuses I'm like I'm fucking sick. wow
0: I'm psyched I'm ready to go
1: but then say at the end of that fourth year I built myself up and I set myself so many of these fucking goals and wanted to achieve them that I'd achieved them and then I finished the year with player of the year. Yeah, I yeah. got NYC player of the year. Was it the rookie
0: or yeah, rookie yeah, and yeah.
1: player of the year? You know. Well, NYC player of the year yeah. out of the whole competition, I was best best player and best front row rower. So I, I achieved what I wanted to do, and then sure enough, wow. at the end of the year, the Bronx go, I don't know, mate, well, we've got a deal for you. Um, two, I think it was a two year deal or three year deal. Minimum wage, which is which was sorry, sixty grand back in the day. Yeah. So that was for twelve month full time. Yeah, yeah. So that was full time.
0: Giving up, yeah, giving up your day job.
1: So I'm like, oh fuck, all right. And then uh, the manager that I had at the time, he came to me, he's just like, mate, there's a um, there's another team that seemed like pretty interested in you. I'm like, oh fuck, who is it? He's like, oh, North Queensland Cowboys, and that's where my fucking next journey starts.
0: Wow, yeah, that was like the 2011, I think. Uh, you, and was it Corbin that went to North Queensland No, or Ashton? Ashton and I. Yeah. Okay.
1: So at the end of 2010, um, Ashton and I, we both left the Broncos and we both moved to North Queensland.
0: Wow. Another, another major thing in, in life. Yeah. So, and Ashton and the, they were sort of pregnant at that stage as well?
1: Yep. Yeah. So he's got he's got four kids now. Has he? Um, and they didn't muck around. There's about a year difference in between them all. So, wow. Um, yeah. So sorry if I'm fucking. No. No. Sorry no if go, I'm go. Rambling this on, is what but, it's all about, bro. Yeah. So we so we finished it at Brisbane. Yep. And you got to remember the Cowboys. They made the grand final in 2005 and they lost. And then since then they've finished second last, last second last, last yep. third last, second last, last until my time was there. And then before we came to the, the Cowboys, we we knew that we were going to a, a very different club, another Queensland club, because yeah. we understood the Queensland rivalry.
0: Yeah, that's right. Brisbane
1: Broncos, Broncos and the yeah. Cowboys, because yeah. the Gold Coast weren't in it yet.
0: No, no, that's right.
1: And then, um, so we understood that it was a big game and there was a lot of development. And then when we signed with um, North Queensland, they literally put the broom through the club. They, I think they let go of... Sixteen or seventeen blokes, and they brought in eighteen new people wow. from outside.
0: Really, wow!
1: So you got to remember, this is like a brand new club. And then um, when I got there, Neil Henry was the coach at the time. Oh wow! And he said, um, "Mate, I know you're a front because you got to remember, I'm fresh off coming from <laughs> player NYC Player of the Year um, Bronco System. Bronco System, the the best forward in the NYC coming through. So I'm coming in with a bit of heat and a bit of hype." And I was thinking to myself, "Fuck yeah, I'm going to go up there." And they had Matt Scott, but Matt Scott wasn't quite what Matt Scott was at. Okay,
0: yeah. What yeah, he became to yeah.
1: be because he was sort of always sort what of a great
0: forward that oh, legend. Durate, the, just the the duration that he was at the Cowboys, yeah. and just he sort of what he uh, did, yeah, oh, incredible. He made
1: he was unbelievable, incredible. And um, you know, like people like Thurston, um, Matt Bowen, um, Willie Tonga. Um, those sorts of people, they were there. They So they had a couple of good pieces and then they let go of everything else and then they brought in all these new pieces. So we didn't know how it was going to go. So I was I was excited to get up there and, and start. And I remember one of the first days I walked in there, I was talking to Neil Henry, like I said, he was giving me what he wanted from me. And he yep. goes, I know you're front row. He goes, oh, what, what position you want to play? I'm like, oh, pretty obvious, like front row. He's like, no, I think I want you to play acro. I'm like, Oh shit! I have not played that in like last four years. Like I've just been a middle. He's just like, yeah, but it's not too much different. Like it, it is. Yeah.
0: He's <laughs> just like trying to convince you. Yeah,
1: and he's like, mate, and, um, I'm thinking about pitting you up with JT. I'm like, oh, okay. And he's just like, mate, he's a hard marker though. I was just like, yeah, fuck, I love hard markers. I'm dealing with one the last four years, so I was just like, oh fuck. So now I'm hitting the training paddock in back row and. On the outside of me is Jonathan Thurston, oh, this, yeah. this bloke's
0: – What a buzz. Oh. What a buzz.
1: So I'm looking at him going, shit, I don't want to let him down. And then my brother's in the middle. He's just, don't fucking let me do All oh, so oh, right, here we <laughs> go. pressure. And then, um, yeah, mate, fucking it was what it was. And I yeah. played the year that I had and um, snapped my leg. I, was, I think of- you,
0: were, you were in the um, finalist of the – of the rookie and the yep. second row for Daly M categories yep. too, weren't you? Yeah, so,
1: the, yeah so to, to put- just get nominated for the back row of the year is a big thing, and I think it comes down to five blokes. Yeah. And for it to be my first year, um, yeah, that was pretty special. I think um, – I can't remember who picked me that year, but Daly and yeah. Evans, I think he got rookie of the year Did that he? year. Okay. So if I'm second to him, that's not too bad.
0: Mate, I tell you what, that's a, that's a pretty good achievement in itself. And you say you, uh, the 2011, 2012, you injured your leg, broke it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does that do to a mindset? Obviously, you, you're as you say, you're up a new club. Mm-hmm. Life is good. Yep. You're pumped. You've got the hype around you, and then and then an injury like a broken leg, yeah. probably the worst thing that I can think of is I even in my uh, you know games of the MMA come tie boxing come yep. kickboxing and you see a leg break. Mm-hmm. Nothing worse. Yeah, nothing worse. I can't even I can't even watch footage of it. That's yeah. how bad it is. Yet I'm in that industry all the time. Yeah. But the mindset—how does that change? Because you—you like a, a steam train going all this way, and next minute you get derailed, yeah. boom, straight away.
1: Mate, you've you've fucking hit the nail on the head with the sort of describing how it was. Um, yeah, like I said, that that year, um, halfway through the year, I was playing really good football, starting row, um, JT was putting me over for heaps of tries. So, um, you know, I was flying high and then halfway through the year, I got a contract extension cause I signed for two and yeah. then, um, they gave me another two on top of that. Um, so I, and after my first year I went from off your basic wage, which was 60 grand, um, onto a, a full-time deal, like a really good deal because I'm a rookie as well. So I've got
0: potential. Potential there to, But that's what yeah. they're
1: signing you for. Yep. And then, um, Literally the last game of the year, around twenty six. Um, I was running for the line, and I had about three blokes on top of me, and then the fourth bloke sort of just must have come in at that right angle, and he he just hit me flush on the uh, lower shin, yep. and snapped There's a really cool photo. I'd I, know, I wouldn't
0: be I wouldn't be looking at uh, it. Yeah, well, oh. it's
1: me standing up, and my legs flat. Oh no so, way,
0: that's not cool, man. And I'm
1: a twenty, and I'm a, and I'm twenty one years old. Wow. So snapped my leg and everyone that was involved in the tackles against the sharks up at Dairy Farmers yep. and, um, everyone in the tackle heard it. Obviously <sighs> like, it was, it was one, this was my first real injury. injury. Yeah. Right. Wow. So everyone heard it. And like I said, I, I just heard something go through my whole body. I was just like, fuck. <sighs> so everyone got off really carefully. It was very slow. I remember when it happened, it was really fast. And yep. then when it, after the incident happened, it was really slow. And then everyone was really good and I got got the green whistle and and I was sweet. And in my mind, it hadn't really registered what had happened. Like I knew I'd broken my leg, but I didn't know how severe and I didn't know what sort of mountain I was about to climb. Wow. Anyway, so I was like, right, this is is what I'm doing. This is what I need to be done. And mind you, I'm 21 years old, so they wouldn't operate on me because I'm so young because my body's still growing. So they put me in a cast from the tip of my toe to my hip. So I just had this long fucking cast on my leg, and um, I couldn't move, couldn't do anything. And and like you said before, I was flying high. Like I was single at the time, um, running off JT. I was on TV every week. I was getting a flash haircut. Um, I was living the life, and then all of a sudden, I'm, Um, I'm sidelined. I'm in my bed, and then this is where I started dabbling in the um, painkillers. Yeah. Too much. You know, and okay. I really fucked myself over that way because yeah. I wasn't allowing my body to do what it should to be doing. So properly. I'd wake up, I'd obviously be in pain. I'd order a pizza, drink a couple of rums, have me pills, go back to bed. So I'd only be awake for two, three hours a day. Wow. And then I'd roll around in the pre so, you know, time goes on. Yep. Pre-season starts at the start of my second year, and everyone's saying, you know, I wonder if he's going to bounce back or if he's
0: um, as good as he was. Yeah, yeah, like it was all it, the just doubters.
1: A first year. What are these? It's, it's
0: not hard to find doubters, in, yeah, especially in league. Oh mate, well, no, any sport, but. and
1: they're like, oh, was it a flash in the pan? Like, was he, you know, just a one year hero, and then yeah. that was it. Yeah, and, and so I and and I heard all these things. But I was
0: going to say mentally that that fucking gets to you too. Well, you got to remember,
1: I've been fucking hibernating like yeah, a bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, not- so I blew out and. I looked like shit and I felt like shit and then I come into pre-season and it was actually surprising how easily I got rid of it. Yeah, okay. So I was surprised about that. It wasn't the right way. It definitely wasn't the right way to go about it. And then the second year starts, seven games in, and my halfback at the time, because JT was injured, um, Ray Thompson, he sort of shot out of the line. That's a big no-no in the defensive structure that we are playing at that time. Anyway, so he shot out, and the bloke that was running the line went in between us. So I went to go tackle him, and I just sort of grabbed him. My leg swung around, and someone was just facing the right way, and my shin hit right on – because remember, there was no metal in there. That's right. That's right. So my shin just swung around, just hit right on the break, and it just broke forwards. fuck.
0: So that's the second break.
1: Seven games into my career – oh, sorry, second games into the second year – and you got to remember, I've had this mentality where I'm like, "Fucking next thing, what's next? What's next?" Hundred percent. And then I snap wow. it the second time, and then immediately, as soon as I'm, as soon as I get home, sorry, as soon as it's done, I know, I know it's done. I remember, I know the feeling, I know how it felt, I know the numbness. I remember clawing into the grass, and I just remember thinking to myself, like, "Surely this couldn't fucking be. This, this can't this be This mustn't. This mustn't be for me. This mustn't be for me. If I'm, if I'm fucking busting my ass to get where I'm at." And if this, it, this fucking happened again, this isn't oh, yeah. for me. So I go to the hospital and just so happened that my brother wasn't playing that game. So Ashton came to the hospital with me. So I already had that sort of safety blanket with me. Yep. Pumping the whistle. And then I remember thinking to myself, and, and like Ashton looking down at me, is just like, you're going to be all right, buddy. I was just like, oh, fuck. Oh, yeah, of course I am. But in my mind, I was just like, am I? But he's like, no, nah, you'll be right, right. You'll be right. And then I've had surgery and they put a rod, so they dislocate your kneecap, dislocate your hip, and they drive a rod straight down the middle of your bone and they lock it off with a, an X screw at the top and then three screws. So one at the top that goes halfway through, one in the middle that goes all the way through, and then a third one's like oh, a draining one. Well, yeah. And so I've spent – so the year before I spent six, seven weeks bedridden, five weeks in a cast, six weeks pretty much all bedridden. The second time, this is where it fucking really flipped for me. Second time the second time, I had surgery. I walked out of there with one crutch the day after surgery. Wow! So I'm
0: like, J- just for the difference in the rod.
1: Yeah. So I was like, why <sighs> the fuck didn't we do this the third, the first, the time? first time? But then he explained to me, which makes sense because my body was still growing. I was still, I was 21 years old, 22. Anyway, so I remember walking out and thinking, "Well, fuck! If this, if I'm already ticking goals here, like, give me a couple of months and I'll be laughing." So the first person I call, like mum, mum wasn't working. Mum, can you come up? I need you to fucking show me how to cook properly because yeah. I'm, I'm a 21, <laughs> 22 year old. Look,
0: no idea. I, how to I, cook.
1: I, need, I need you. I don't have a missus. I, I need you to come show me, like what it's like to eat healthy. I don't want to get fat again and then work my ass yeah, off. I'd yeah, rather true. just have the have the 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 base level at a high level and then just take off. And then so I flew my mum up and she showed me – I think I flew her up for two weeks and she showed me what I should, should and shouldn't do and what I can and can't have. And yeah. then, um, yeah, when she left, I literally just stuck to that pretty much all my entire career. Every every minute, if it's a Tuesday, you know, it's taco Tuesday. If it's Wednesday, I'm having red pork. If it's Thursday, I'm having spag bowl. If it's Friday, it's chicken. Literally, I'm like my sticking old man. To, stuck into in that ways, routine. stuck in my ways.
0: Wow. So then, yeah, so then you, you're going on – to uh, with the the uh, Cowboys, mm-hmm. you come back. What year did you finish with the Cowboys? In that end of two thousand fourteen was my last year. Okay, that's when you signed the two years with Newcastle Knights. Yep, correct. Uh, and then after that year, obviously Cowboys, you went to Newcastle. Yep, on the on hope you know the big hype back then too. Again, like mm-hmm. they looking for the forwards, and yep. um, once you got to once you got the Newcastle, what was. To, to me, and this is from obviously living in Newcastle, and I think that's where me and you originally. Yeah. Um, well, we would have been there the met, same year. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, would have been. Got there the same year. And I think Ash was training under Rob yep. with the boxing. Yeah. Uh, so we sort of had that connection early on in that time. Yeah. Um, and then, so you come into Newcastle, what was that like to go from North Queensland and then into Newcastle? Because Newcastle, to, to me, when you look at it, is like. It's a holiday. When people go to Newcastle for rugby league, yeah. they're usually going there either at their end of their career, yeah. or it's just a holiday destination for the rugby league until until they get that contract to go somewhere else. Yeah, I'm well, not quite sure if it's changed too much at the moment, yeah, but it's, yeah, it's tough. The they're end going. End, they're right? going through Adam O'Brien, who's a good friend as well. He's he's going through some tough yeah. times.
1: Look, I, and I feel for him, and I feel for the players me as too. well, because um, you know what? As we're going back to the top of the conversation. Um, you know, rugby league in Newcastle. Like I said, I've, I've always been at one-team towns, Brisbane, one-team town, North Queensland, one-team town, Newcastle. Now I'm yeah. coming into Newcastle. So I'm like, oh, I wonder what it's going to be like if they're as mad as what these other previous clubs have been at. And then they're – worse isn't the w- word to use. They're more mad. More fanatical. More fanatical, more everything mm. than any other club I've been at. Because we didn't do too well our first year.
0: No, no, I think the wooden spooners won yep. it. Yeah, so, but well, I think you you done all right. You scored a few tries. Yeah, yeah, you? yeah. So like I said,
1: I, I I was going there with this attitude that I've always carried. Yeah, and I was going there with the right intentions, and, and I really wanted to fucking be better and do better and, and achieve more. And yep. um, you know, um, get, statistically get the- wise, I was I was going really well. Yeah, you know, rep footy was coming, and um, when we. When I, when I got there, I was just like, wow, this actually kind of feels like, like a Wollongong or a Jeringong. Like a home. And then I had that comfort. Yep. So I was just like, yeah, sweet. Like, that's cool. I remember, cause like I said, I'd lived in North Queensland for four years and my wife, sorry, I meant to go back on that last story. After my mum left, I met my wife, okay. or my, my missus, and um, then straight away hurried everything up. Come on, move in, sweetheart. Yeah, <laughs> sweet. Let's start having where'd kids.
0: Where'd you meet? Where'd you meet
1: Ash? Up in North Queensland.
0: Oh, was it up there? Okay. Is she living up there or
1: no? So she was modelling on the Gold Coast, and then um, she came up to North Queensland for a, a break, yeah, just to get away and see. She had some friends that lived there. Okay. See some friends that she lived there, and like I said, I had a broken leg. Um, oh, right. And then. Um, yeah, she sort of came up to me. She was blind and I wasn't drinking. I was just sort of out to be out. And then, um, yeah, she started talking
0: she to was, me. She was chasing yeah,
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> of course. No, well, she doesn't deny that.
0: Oh, yeah, okay. She doesn't deny that she- Chased you? Chased
1: me the first night. But then where it starts to get a bit fuzzy is <laughs> who messaged who first?
0: Okay, okay.
1: So, um she said that I messaged her, but I'm sure it was her. But,
0: yeah, anyway. <laughs> we won't go into details. So,
1: yeah, so I met my wife and then she- I had that stability around me. I had what I needed, and like I said, I sort of fast forwarded everything. With her. I'm like, right, I'm, um, I'm seeing her, move in,
0: moved yeah. in. So what you were saying, when you when you met her and she was living at the Gold Coast or just modelling? She
1: was living on the Gold Coast oh, and modelling, okay. and then she just won Miss India on the Gold Coast, and then she came up to North Queensland to get to see her friends, get away from yeah, it yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. And But then, how, bit of a did, of um, how did
0: how did end up back in Newcastle? Obviously, you just done the long distance thing, did you? Or when uh, when you met her? And then she moved in with Newcastle. Well she was with you up at North yep. Queensland. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. So that so, happened the second year, and then
0: okay, yeah, sweet. As
1: soon as I met her, I knew, I knew well, like straight away. Like your
0: old man. Come on, sweetheart. I'm marrying her. Come <laughs> on,
1: come on, down So <laughs> yeah, moved her in, and then she started taking care of everything pretty much because yeah. um, she's. And she, she's your manager. Exactly. Now. She's the smartest woman in the world. Wow. She's very business savvy, um, very articulate in what she says. She's very smart in certain conversations. She's one of those people that can step back from certain situations Observe. and assess it. Yep. And then she'll come in with her two cents, or is she if she's not liking the situation, she'll be like, "No, nah, fuck that!" Like, like my old man, she's like, "If you don't want to do it, don't do it." Yeah, yeah, true. Whereas I'm like, oh, "I need to try and help this person. I need to, you know, I need to do this, yeah, or right. I think I need to do that." She's like, "No, you don't need to help that person." Okay. Yes, you do need to help that person. Yeah, right. Um, what, what the fuck are you doing? Don't well, do that.
0: That's it's a very important thing too because I d- I did know that um when you're in Newcastle or something else and Ash was uh. You know the rumor that she was your uh, manager. Yeah. Um, but it's it's very important, especially when you have that relationship. Um, obviously, trying times sometimes yeah. and you go no, yes, no, yes. Yeah. But to have someone have your back, especially yeah. in this game, because yeah. as you would know, seeing from other footballers having managers that would take cool. advantage.
1: Oh yeah, it's seven percent of what
0: they get. Yeah, seven percent is it? Yeah, seven percent
1: wow. of what they make, the managers get.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: So I know players, some players that. Um, they might get a call off their manager once a month because that's the minimum, that, that's the, what they have to meet. Yeah, okay, wow. Well. And getting boots, um, sponsor deals, yeah. things like that. Yeah. Um, they don't have to do it.
0: No, no, no. They just – Yeah, it always uh, always fascinates me with behind the scenes with managers because you hear good things, you hear bad things, you, and it's probably rare that you come across a manager that is truly for you. Yeah. Even though he's getting obviously what he needs, but yeah. he – Obviously, his care factor is for his, his oh, there, clients.
1: There's definitely managers out there um, that are like that, they, yep. that they really, they genuinely want to help people. But at the end of the day, it's a business. True. And you need to look after your business. But you've got to remember some of these managers have 10, 15 blokes that are exactly like you collecting the exact same money off them. So you start thinking about it. You're 7% like, of that. Oh, that, wow. That.
0: Like that's the- and it's 7% of your contracted money? Of what your contracted money, yeah. So if you so, say you three hundred thousand, yeah, you get seven percent. I'm getting that. seven of that. If
1: you're on five hundred thousand, so say there's three, five, seven. He's getting seven percent off all of those people.
0: Yeah, doesn't well, matter
1: how big or small their contract is. So, but then there are managers that really look after their players yeah, and they, really want the best interest and bit, and really bit push morals
0: him in, and ethnic Push him yeah, into ethics. yeah.
1: Push him into um directions that will make their money work for them instead of just spending it.
0: Yeah, 100%. The
1: player spending it, yep. telling them, oh, look, you, you know, there is an opportunity because, lo- like you know, there's nothing ever guaranteed. Like no. If you put your money in as you know, something, crypto or whatever, it's not, gonna, it's not guaranteed no, to go no, off. No, dead right. And there's, there are managers like that, but then there's managers that just have a stable full of players yep. that are just like, they'll get a missed call and they're like, oh, fuck. I look at the calendar like, oh, I rang him 29 days ago. Oh, beauty. Call him again. Yeah. So, but so, you know, you know, I like to think there's more better ones than not. Yeah,
0: obviously, definitely. To
1: have someone on my side that genuinely wants the best for me, that's what I was just like, well, she's not going to fuck me around because. Well,
0: it benefits both of us. Yeah, it
1: benefits both (laughs) of us. So,
0: yeah, so that's that's a great. Great uh, thing to have.
1: And, and yeah, she's been my manager for the last seven and a half years. Yeah, right. Because, like I said, and then it comes back onto me at that point. It's like, you've got to know what you're worth as well. You exactly. can't go into a club and go, I want a million dollars. That's right. That's like, right. well,
0: really? Then, then you got to play well. Yeah, yeah. To, like, well, to ask for that money, well, then, then you the, got to- Yeah, that's, that's another she's layer. She's doing her bit to go, I'm going to be getting him this money, but yeah. he needs to be perform. That,
1: that's another or layer to it. the onion, mate. That, I'm telling you, you and- and I know better than most, mate. If you get paid the big bunks, yep. expect your hand to get smacked first because they're not going to go after the blokes that are on
0: doing, yeah, have nothing. nothing yeah, it's lot. always
1: the coach and the, and the, the, star players yep. that are um, going to get their hands smacked first. So going into Newcastle, like I said, we had a terrible year on the field. On the field, field yeah. Personally, I'd, I had a great year, but um, I distinctly remember um, it was towards the back end of the year, we'd already gotten the wooden spoon. I think it was like two or three games left, and uh, we were playing the Sharkies at Newey. And Gallen and his boys were taking the piss. Like yeah. Run and tries in.
0: Left right and centre.
1: <laughs> At will. And I remember looking into the crowd and thinking, fuck, there's twenty eight thousand people here and we've got the wooden spoon. Like how
0: How big would it be if we'd How good would it be were we were if we win the Like
1: and and like I said, though they, they'd close their eyes and throw the ball behind them and someone would be there and they'd catch it and score. Like that's the kind of night that they'll have and they would yeah. just score and tries whenever they wanted. Anyway, yeah, so and I was thinking I remember like looking out in the crowd that night and thinking we're getting pumped and these fans are
0: Still here. they Mate, they turn up. Whether they're Wooden spurners losing every, all year, that place would still have 20,000-plus. You, know you
1: know what that stadium's like when that Southerly's ripping through it? Yeah. I remember playing there one night against the Storm. Yep. It was pissing down. The rain was howling, Southerly, just ripping through the guts of it, and they were all
0: out there still just mate, in their- determination and that fanatical just, that, that just
1: goes to show how far their fans will go to come and support yep. their team. They're, like I said, like- dashing. They, they, oh, they, they, they're just so invested in the club that while my time was there, I wish that we could have done
0: more, better. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. No, so you, you, you go the the two years you played the two years year out on a half, your-
1: year and a half. And, oh,
0: that's right. Because through the second year, um, then they cut you loose because yep. you'd signed with St George to yep. go to St George. Yeah. So and you're back down now towards your hometown Home. of Jering Jeringong. Yep. And um, and it looks like from from things that you enjoyed your time at St George again. Their their fans, yeah. you know, they're fanatical fans as cool. well down the gong. Yeah, and they remind down the gong. It reminds me of you know when you get in a surf crowd. Yeah, they just got crazy, yep. crazy surfers in there. Crazy eyes. Yeah, that, yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's what it sort of seemed when I was watching and paying attention to the crowd and yeah. and uh, the the red V down there. Yeah. It's just like they're fanatical. They just anything can happen at any stage. Mate. You're like, we love this yeah. place.
1: So I've got to give you a quick backstory. I don't know if you or your followers might um, might know it, but St George is actually Sydney. And the Illawarra is the Illawarra Steel. That's
0: right. So they, they merged. They did merge, they that's merged. right, back in the day. So that's
1: how. That's why it's St. George, Illawarra, Illawarra Dragons. Did they merge
0: when uh, the Tigers merged with West? I'm not sure, on the year when they merged. Because yeah. I was Balmain boy yeah. when I was oh, younger. Oh, yeah. And then they merged. You it all pro? I, I really lost interest after that. Oh, to be yeah. honest, yeah, I was like, well, yeah. oh, I love the Tigers, and Wayne Pierce, yep. or Blocker. Yeah. And then as soon as that sort of yep. happened, I was sort of like, eh, and rugby league started to just yeah. be the backstage yeah. golf, surf, and I was just like, oh, that's that's it. Yeah, whatever. So. Yeah so, so so George, our, our fan,
1: yeah, so our fan base. So we've actually got two – we're very lucky we've got two home bases. We've got one at St. George, which is a big stadium. Um, the facilities aren't there that they need to be there, but because of the majority of the players live down in the Illawarra region, yep. so at Wynn Stadium there, that's got all the facilities, yeah, all, right. all, all the training fields that you need. Um, so we're our home base, well, when I was there – was always in um, the Illawarra region. So going back home and to a team that I grew up supporting. Wow. Mate, that was, um, yeah, it was very, very surreal. Like when you walk into the into the club there, it's got the player boards and um, it's got everyone's numbers next to them. Oh, who, okay, yeah, the played.
0: icons of the team, the And you know,
1: Ashton's there and he's number 74 and then I got my number and then I was just like, wow, like this is pretty cool. And then um, – yeah, just to be able to pull on that jersey. Um, I started doing this thing when I went to the Dragons where, because I'm, I'm very superstitious. Have you? Yeah? yeah. Oh, I'm fucking bad. So what are they? Mate, have you got, have we got enough tape in here? Cause, um, <laughs> so it all starts the night before. So I always have spaghetti bowl um, with, you know, half a steak yep. or something the night before or religiously. Um, and I'll have some chocolate after that. And that's to watch the movie after. But I'll try and stay up the night before for as long as I possibly can. And I mean like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. Okay. And then I'll wake. And then when I fall asleep, I'll wake up with me two kids. and I'll make them breakfast real early in the morning, make them breakfast, and then Ash will take the kids out. And then I'll sleep all day for as long as I can. I'll set an alarm. I'll look at what time I need to be, count travel time and whatnot yep. into my sleep. So I'll try and work it out. Yep. And then I'll sleep all day. And then when I get to the field – I, um, when I'm getting ready, I always put, um, my left sock on, my right sock on, my left boot on, my right boot on, put three knots in my left one, three knots in my right one, tape one layer of tape around, one lap of tape around my left boot, one lap around my right, bang my heel three times, bang my heel three times, then I'll put my shorts on. Then I'll, uh, get my jersey, I'll look at it because I had the big red V. I had to look at it and then i take a big breath and I always think of my family, my teammates, and what
0: – That's to so say like a prayer.
1: Well, it's yeah, it's not like a prayer. It's just to say like I'm remembering who wore this jersey, I'm remembering why I'm doing it yep. for my family and my teammates and then the outcome of today of what I want to achieve. So in that one breath, that's all I'll think about it in there. And There's then nothing I, else in that jersey just, when you're taking then that then big I breath? I just put it in. Yeah, no, <laughs> Nothing.
0: Wow, that's here, yeah, man. That's every game doing that. Yeah. That's what what, and the other players see you doing that, and they're like,
1: well, wait, what are well, you doing? I, I actually got that from JT. The, Did the, the boot thing? Oh, okay, because he always put his left one on left sock, right sock, left boot, click it three times, right boot, click it three times, and then taped it up
0: like the old Dorothy. And clicking I watching the, it. was times of like, the heels
1: Yeah, like I said, I was I remember watching, it going, "Fuck, that's weird." And then I broke my leg, and then I broke my leg again. I was just like, You better change something."
0: Changed something so I changed up, something, yeah. and ever since that, it's well,
1: you know, well, yeah. That's not to say I haven't been injured. No, no. like Since then, like I've had a million different surgeries. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah definitely. So the St George era, yeah, but then in between all this, you you know you've ad- dabbled in the the um, state of origin, mm-hmm. New South Wales. Yep. Come away with uh, with a win. Yep. On one of them, because I think a couple we'll, of them we're we'll doing. Uh, I think we're we'll doing. I think we'd won. And when I say we, I'm because I'm a Queenslander. Yeah. And uh, yeah, 21 broke me hard again. It's uh, yeah. That was a good year for you, bud. Huh? Like three of the games, played three of the games yep. Yep. and uh, come away over the shield. Yeah. The state of origin atmosphere, that must be second to none. Yeah. Like when you're at NRL, you're getting buzzed young and you're like, wow, this is great. Yeah. But now you've done your time, your apprenticeship, and now you're a good quality player. Get selected for, for your performances yeah. and now you're entering into a state of origin, which is one of the – and that's probably if I'm honest today that's the three games I really watch yeah. in detail each year. Yeah. The rest, yeah, I watch them bits yeah. and pieces, but it must be it must be a buzz being in the actual side.
1: Yeah, the the Queensland versus New South Wales to me personally is probably the pinnacle of what a rugby league player will ever play at. That's no disrespect for, to Australia because no, no. I've never made Australia. But, no. Um you've got the best of Queensland coming up, the best of New South Wales. When you're in Australia, you've got a combination of them and, you know, 100%. like we're watching at the moment, like yeah. there's 84 to, I think it was nil or yeah, 84 yeah. to four the yeah. other night or, so you're watching these great players just sm- smashing these teams. Like it will change when the pools get smaller and, and that, they get true. better. But um, yeah, when it's New South Wales versus Queensland, it's a different kettle of fish. You get, you train differently, you're, Eat differently. Yeah. You you tr- you you walk around differently. You yeah. um you play differently. It's coached and refed differently. Is like, that really? It's wow! Completely different. And I remember because I've been in and out of the the squad the since squad, I, yeah. since I've come into grade. So yeah. I've been close one year and then I've sort of had a shitty year yeah. or like you know I, I haven't been quite there or other players are playing way better than me, so they get chosen yeah. over me, which I completely agree with. Yeah. Every game that I've been picked for, I think that I've thoroughly. Earned it, and every game that I didn't get picked for, I agree with that decision yeah, because, okay. um, and, and it's been like that for my whole life. If someone's doing a good job or a better job, they should have the job.
0: True that. Yeah.
1: I don't, I don't think that, especially in that arena where it's so cutthroat. You've only got three games, yeah, two to win it, three to definitely. decide it. But, um, yeah, like I remember my first Origin that I played in. Um, I remember because, like I said, I've been in and out of the squad. Yeah. But I remember the first year that I played in and just the scrutiny that the media and the access because we had Freddie and Freddie was he's in the media, but he he spun it. You know, it was so weird but so good. Um
0: He done a lot of different things. He, he did, mate. He like did like with the homeless going, you know, taking you guys out yep. of your comfort zones. Yes.
1: He he invited so as soon as you finish the game, the last people that you want to see are cameras and, and interviewers, do you want to enjoy the moment with your friends, your family, your teammates? And he invited them all in. So at first it was like, "Geez, this is weird. Like, But then it just became natural and then it became – it didn't bother us. Like it was just like, oh, day, fucking Rich and your camera crew. How are you, mate? And like, so you'd wake up, you'd have breakfast, and then from the minute you leave the hotel to go train, so you'd walk down to training, there'd be two or three camera crew –
0: just going all the following time. You, yeah.
1: yeah. And then they had their own videographer throughout the tra- throughout the, the games. And so there'd be two or three cameras on you all the time. So if you spat where you probably shouldn't spit, mm. it's They'd probably gonna it be end up in the news. Yeah. yeah so yeah. The, the the scrutiny on that, that's what when it first when I first saw it, I was like, wow, like these guys are really on top of us. But then it just became normal because when you're in origin, you're in this world where no one else is experiencing it, but they want to get there and So it's cool. And then when you're playing, you're still in this world and everyone wants to watch what's going on. Definitely. But only you can control what's going on. It was really, yeah, it was really cool. And just the way that we sort of went after it and and how we sort of um, came together as a group of blokes because we're all really around that same age group and there's a lot of younger blokes that are starting to come through that are about to take over Mm. again. Mm. So... To see that, that's what was really cool to me. And then um, the pressure that comes with it, like it, it can either make or break you. And um, yeah, like when, when I was out there, I like to think that I definitely held my own, um, you know, since the start of my career, there's always been people saying that this is what I was made for. And I didn't really understand it until I played. And you can get a lot, get away with a lot more in the game, yeah. holding down, tackling, fighting.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think that, that, game you're talking about, those three games, I think that's that was like at that level you played a pretty much a, a demon games yeah. on those, you know. Yeah. It was, definitely, it was definitely good to watch, not from Queensland point of view, but uh, yeah. for New South Wales, you know, you really stood up.
1: Yeah, well, and, and, you know, that's what we're about. That's what we want to do. And that's what, as any professional rugby league player wants to do, um, is to really just con- Contribute at a high standard but, um, you know, to tr- 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 try and really dominate the game. Um, you know, when you're stuck like me on one side of the field, it is hard. That's why sometimes you get jealous of the bigger boys because they can just go to the middle, the left, or the right. Yeah. But, um, th- that, that, didn't really cross your mind because everyone's trying to get to the same spot. So everyone's just chipping in like, but like Cam Murray was my other back rower and I remember he'd do something good and I'm like, oh shit, Neil, I need to try and do something yeah. good because I want to try and contribute. Yeah. Like if he's doing it, I'm going to do it. Get so. up there too. And then you just had this real dog mentality. So yeah. it was really cool, really cool
0: experience. Um I think, very- I think Freddie, Freddie really changed that team because from a Queenslanders point of view, like every time – and it happens every year, New South Wales are the Mm favourites. They come in because it's probably New South Wales media or I don't know what it is, but they just hype, yeah, this is the best team, we're going to wipe Queensland off Mm -hmm. the maps and you hear it every year and you go, okay. But I think a worry, like from supporting Queensland – I when I seen Freddie come in and some of the things he was doing differently, taking you guys to the homeless shelter, uh, meeting different you know people off the street, just having them involved in the camp, being just ordinary citizens for uh, for that camp, I was like, damn, this will light the fire in these dudes.
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. Like when 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 you see blokes like um, you know Tedesco and Turbo just cruising around with the homeless people, that's when you are like, oh wow, like fuck, like life's so much harder than. Yeah. This shit.
0: Yeah, yeah. You look at what you've got in like, like- the life. people that
1: are walking around us. Like we've got pressures. It was just different pressures. That's but right. They've got pressures of life and where their Survival. feed's going to come from next yep. or where they're going to sleep. Are they going to be safe? Yep. We've got to worry about- fuck, have I got the same size boots? Like, Did I pick up two different boots? You
0: you really realise the priorities in in life, in general sports life. But, again, it's two different worlds, you you know, trying to earn money in regards to being the best at what you're doing. They're trying to survive because of some situations that's happened in life.
1: But, yeah, it it wasn't only just the homeless shelter. Like, we went out to, um, you know, the Hospitals or something? Hospitals, hospitals. Yeah, anything like that. We auctioned off our jerseys to give to – the flood relief, fire relief. Um, You've yeah, got to remember that's that-
0: where, That's where Freddie changed the game on that.
1: So, that, yeah. And, and like I said, that was one of the cool things where you sort of look at it and you're like, wow, like-
0: When, when you're in the midst of the game- Oh. Yeah, it's the, just how, a, how far- For a viewer, I'm sitting in the lounge yeah. going, fuck, how fast is this game? Like, even the State of Origin just gone. Yeah. Even last that, year, that yeah, second or third game- even this year, with the injuries that happened to Queensland, yeah. like two or three yep, tackles off, into right. it, and I'm yeah. like, "Damn, we're yeah. gone." No, that, but yeah. just the speed of it, from an outsider looking in, and you being right mm. on the field at that speed must be fucking just crazy. It, it's
1: so different. It, it is so different. The the speed that the that the um, the origins played at, it's beyond what I can sort of portray to you. Like yeah. what what the NRL plays at is a very high standard, obviously. But when you play Origin, then you come back to grade, it's like everything's in slow like motion.
0: It, yeah, you're like, oh, I'm back on
1: holiday. That's yeah, why when on? you see the players like the Thurstons, the Scots, the Ben Hunt's, the um, you know, the Tedesco's, the Turbos, when they come back into from Origin into yep. first grade, you see them find another gear, but they're not finding
0: another no, gear. They've just been in that yeah, gear. Like, they've been in the top gear yeah, and then they have to come back. And they're back. just sustaining
1: it. Like, yeah. and it's just but yeah, that's one thing you definitely see, like the clearies, like How he gets some of his kicks away, you're like, oh, fuck. I remember I played him and I almost got him.
0: Yeah, right.
1: Almost fucking got you. (laughs) And he said, you weren't, you, you didn't. I was
0: just like, you won't even Fuck, near me.
1: I wasn't, and then wow. I look back and I'm like, "Fuck! I'm nowhere near him." Wow! Just how much awareness that he has. I'm just talking yeah, about Nathan, yeah, yeah, but how much awareness he has of his body. He's
0: A- end yeah. of the game at the same time. Oh yeah, he's, amazing.
1: His, his game smarts are really, really
0: yeah. high. Yeah, no, it's it is incredible. And then, so now you, as we said. You've done your uh, St George stint. Yep. You're down in Melbourne for the Melbourne Storms. Going to yep. give us the best. Uh, and for the NRL, I just thought, oh, I'm here now, I'll, I'll barrack for the Melbourne Storm. Yep. <laughs> so you got a big year coming up in in the Melbourne Storm yep. under the under Bellamy, uh, the wife and the kids. How how was it? Again, because Ash not only does she manage you, but mm-hmm. she obviously a professional boxer too. Yep. What's the nerves like? Because obviously she's fought just recently a few times on yep. the, on the um, big boxing fights on the Fox Sports and stuff. Yep. From, from your point of view, because obviously she's taking care of you all the time mm-hmm. in regards to managing yep. at home, and your job is to go out there and play well, yep. play a hard game rugby league. But then you see your wife, yeah. and obviously we've both been involved with Ash being in the gym and fighting, and, yep. and now she's on the top sort of stage, so mm-hmm. to speak, in TV. Uh, fighting on the TV, yeah. what's that nerves like for you? I'll
1: I tell you what, before – because I've, I've watched her train.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: I've watched her train. I've watched her prepare. I've watched her get ready for her first fight against Sh- um, Chanel, Dargan, Chanel Dargan.
0: What a crazy fight that was.
1: And I can I can honestly, with hand on my heart, say that not one minute before that fight was I ever nervous. I was – Cool, cool as a yep. cucumber.
0: Because you knew what she done. Sitting back.
1: I, I've, I've seen her fucking Yeah. So I was just like, oh, you know, like a big hype. It was a big night, big, big, big fight Definitely. night. Ash's first professional fight. Yep. And then I was just like, oh, you know, she's going to go in there and knock this bird out. From the first minute that that punch got thrown. <laughs> I fucking stood straight up. <laughs> I had chewing gum in my mouth. My jaw was hurting because I was chewing so hard. Wow. And I just crossed my eyes and I couldn't sit down. It was just like just at once. Like I said, I was cool. Yeah, I was yeah, cool yeah. and Luke. Yeah. And then as soon as the first punch was thrown, I don't know what it was. I just got this rush of adrenaline. I was just like, Shit. In between the first round, because it was mayhem.
0: Because your sister was with you. Oh, that all my family, had the whole, the whole family. Yeah, there, yeah, the whole
1: section there. And I turned around to because I was at the back and I was standing stand behind another just a an, uh, fight yep. fan. And I said, "Sorry, mate, I'm not fucking sitting down." He goes, "That's all right, mate. I fully understand." <laughs> So in between rounds, I'd just stand up and I just wouldn't move. I was just, just stuck with my arms co- crossed and I was just just watching Ash and they had the war that they had and it was it was you know arguably one of the best women fights that Australia's ever yeah. seen. So um, it was it,
0: it was a crazy fight.
1: To, to, yeah, to to watch that and then I was just like, Jesus Christ! I knew my wife was tough.
0: Yeah, yeah, hundred
1: percent. But she is. Fucking
0: she put it all on the line. Mate, that she night. laid so it was out. With the other girls, yes, she, she did. Oh my they, god! They both did, mate. And they entertained the crowd like nothing else. I think you know, it's like you know when you've seen Madison Square Garden just recently with the Serena, sister, yep. and Katie. Yeah, and not at that level, but the atmosphere and the energy, mate, <laughs> Even it was, on TV, everyone would have been going, well, "Are you watching this fight?" Well, Turn into so this.
1: That was the, that was the first card of the. Uh, sorry, that was the first fight of the main card, yeah. the televised card. So, throughout the night, in between each round. I was saying to um, to someone that I was sitting next to, I said, shit, does it sound like the music's getting louder, like in between rounds? Because it was just, you know, Yeah. Like just had a, had a sort of a chilly sort of vibe. Yeah. And then after every fight, it just seems like they'll turn it up. And then after the first round of my wife's fight, it was max volume. Yeah, and really? everyone was just like, holy shit, holy shit. And then- the the music would go off and the round would start
0: again and yeah. then the mayhem. would I wonder kick back if that's up. a that's a strategy, obviously, just to get everyone Mate, pumped. You, well, and yeah. you didn't have to get music to pump for that fight because it was I a crazy fight. I looking
1: over and there was blokes hanging off because there was like scaffolding. Yeah, there blokes hanging off, just like going fuck, like looking in my direction. I'm like, well, fuck, what can I do? <laughs> um, but yeah, to see how that fight turned out and then um, you know the journey that she's she's taking so far and you know to my wife's credit, she's. You gotta you gotta remember she's got no amateur back fights. No.
0: Yeah, I think she had it she had probably a couple with us in regards to uh in Newcastle. Yeah. Um but again, women's even boxing back then wasn't really yeah. popular and there wasn't too many for her, even with sparring wise. Yeah. I think we had her sparring yep. the boys at yep. half the time. And,
1: and and it's still a bit a bit lopsided at the moment. Like she still spars a lot of men at the moment, just because moving around, she, getting that feeling. Yeah, or, well, yeah, just get got get to, get it in, get yeah, the rounds in. Fitness. But, um, you know, but to Ash's credit, she's you got to remember she's learning as she's going on TV in front of everyone. So mm. she's she's not taking easy fights. She because she's thirty three.
0: Yeah,
1: and so she's she's starting to learn and take these hard lessons. In front of everyone, in front of millions. So everyone's watching her, and everyone's judging her, and everyone's yeah, yeah. you know, giving her <laughs> praise, and everyone's putting shit on her, and then everyone's you should have done this, and everyone's oh, like yeah, you yeah. did that. So everyone, well.
0: Everyone's professional when they're watching it.
1: Well, so so she's she's learning and doing this all in front of everyone. Yeah. So that's what I mean. That's like a you know,
0: it's an apprenticeship. It's like of a, yeah, she, yeah, she's
1: she's a first year bricklayer. Going to go lay bricks at the brand new stadium. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like, yeah. It's, it shouldn't be happening, but it's happening. Yeah. But and yeah, that's the that's the position she puts her in. But on the other side of that is that my wife, she's very professional. Yeah. I mean, we've yeah. got the ice baths. We've got the altitude chambers. We've got everything that we've sort of accumulated over the last 13 years to help us be at the peak of our powers because we know this isn't going to last forever. No, no. We understand that. Yeah. But what we can do to get ourselves in prime condition to- For as long as you can. For as long as you can. Yeah. That's the key. That's definitely. that's definitely. definitely something that I've, especially in the last maybe three, four years, yeah. I've really taken pride in is watching what I eat, what I should be training, what I can be training, and recovery. Recovery is the big one, the big one for yeah. me, especially in this point in my career. Yeah. Recovery is the, the one thing definitely over the last- Two years of one thing that I've really focused Ice bars on. Ice baths are the best. Ice baths are my favourite. I love them. We we bought an g chamber. Yeah,
0: yeah, right. That's sweet.
1: We got um. I got the leg pumps, the guns, the the vibration pads, the heat packs, the
0: everything,
1: everything that you need. Yeah. Because I don't see it as spending money on something no, just it's to investment. Really, in it, to it's your it's body. A, yeah, it's a, because like there's at any point in time in a training field, someone could fall into your legs and cork your quad. 100%. Fuck, what do I do for that? Oh, you just need to – don't run on it. Well, I yeah. can't not run yeah, on yeah. it. I've got to train. Yep. We just put a compression on it. What else can I do? Mm. Well, if you've got something that vibrates to push it out there, keep the blood flowing so it goes out, yeah, sweet, I've got this.
0: Yeah. Done, it's done. Yeah, no, it's definitely a delif- definitely a benefit to have that that equipment on it. On and, there.
1: and that's what I mean. Hybrides have been so, so good for me. Yeah. And then the products that they're developing, the products that they're putting out, the products that I've gotten off them have all been for a certain purpose. Like I said, I don't just have it just to have it. No, no. I have it to use it. It's for
0: the investment yeah. of it. Yeah, definitely. Man, that's, real. that's a big – and have she got any more fights lined up yet or just well, taking she, the time? Obviously, you've moved down here, so it's just a readjustment of a few things. In yeah, life so I she,
1: like I said, we just moved down here, um, and this year she's literally gone – she started the year with a fight, yeah, the, the big fight. That's right. Finished that, had a week off, went straight into another camp. That fight got cancelled, which, you know, is heartbreaking. You heartbreaking. spent six, seven weeks in a training camp for Man. two days for someone to pull I out. Know,
0: I know. It kills you. So it kills she went you.
1: into the big fight, into another fight camp, into a cancellation, into another fight camp yep. with no fight, yep. into a, another fight, into a week off, into another fight. So she's just had all this whole years, but she's been very active. Yep. Um, so she's, she's, she said to me that she's earned a, a bit of a break. A so a break. I'm assuming she's going to have maybe, well, she's already back training. Yeah, so she would be, um, I reckon she'll probably give me another week before she says, Oh, I'm thinking about, <laughs> you know, lining up another fight. So her and her coach, they'll come together. He, we, he's coming down, uh, mid November. Oh, sorry. The start of November. And, um, we're just going to get him into a gym here and say, yeah. she'll prepare down here. And then when it's time beautiful. to go on a fight camp, she'll, I'll just fly her up to Sydney and she'll stay up in Sydney and yep. we'll just get a BNB and b and then just beautiful. lock her in there. 100%. To finish the fight camp up there. Beautiful,
0: beautiful. That's excellent. So at the end of the time, out, out of all the thing and you come to present moment, you're in Melbourne and you've gone through your experiences, yep. ups and your downs. Yep. If I was to say Tarek Sims, what is your rich life these days what what really are you comfortable and happy with that obviously makes uh makes the heart heart happy these days
1: yeah I, I think it's pretty easy um my two daughters and my wife um, you know and just to, just to be able to um, provide them with tools and and things that they can use growing up and watching them growing up and, and become into the little, you know, the little girls that they are, um, you know, and just to see how, um, just to see how funny the, the, the girls are together. They're... They're the complete opposite of each other. We always say that my oldest one's going to be the one that break that gets her heart broken, yeah, true. And the youngest one's going to be the one breaking hearts. <laughs> my youngest one's exactly like me. My oldest one's exactly like uh, like my wife. So yeah. it's uh, it's funny just to sort of see the two the two different um,
0: contrasts of of humans
1: of humans, yeah. So it, it, it's cool to watch, daunting at the same time. Like 100%. I said, they're six and eight, but they're sixteen and eighteen. Going on in my mind, and yeah. just to, just to watch them grow, um, you know, and to see my wife chasing her dream—that's that's that's, that's, that's plus, really yeah. fulfilling for me because for so many years she's always um, sort of had to play second fiddle to that's me. Important. Yeah, yeah. Because what I do is very selfish. How I do it is very selfish. Yeah. I think what if you want to be the best at anything, you have to be selfish. True that. But for my wife, she didn't even bat an eyelid. Not because. She, she had nothing to do. No, no. Like it, since we started, she started up her own business. Yeah. she's become a professional athlete herself. Yeah, she's really. she's doing all these things outside of of my life. Yeah. That it's just Still to see her, her dreams. Yeah, as well. just just to see her chasing her dreams and her goals, yeah. and um, you know to sort of sit back and just help where I can help, whether it be I can cutting oranges or filling up water bottles. I don't care. Yeah. Like, just to sit back and watch. Like tomorrow, I've got a fun run. Oh, at have my you? girl's school, oh, like a colour fun run. So, oh, yeah. and because I'm not until the seventh, I'm going to be there, 100%. throwing dust, like yeah. things like that. Like yeah. I wouldn't be able to do that up at home because it'd just be a little bit too yeah. mayhem and. Yeah. You know, people might not like that, but down here, like I said, we're just – Melbourne's having, quality, bro. Yeah. yeah. Hey,
0: Melbourne's quality. So to see – yeah,
1: to, to be able to go do things like that, um, yeah. you know, that's what really makes my life rich.
0: Yeah, no, I appreciate your time, man. And I know it's uh, – you just moved down and I hassled you to jump on the podcast, but you've been a, a good friend for so many years and I've loved your career and watching it and all your brothers and sisters are amazing athletes as well. But uh, thank you for coming on the Rich Life Projects, brother. I appreciate your time, my oh, man. My man, oh, yeah. thank, thank you, Thank you, mate.